0: This is ostensibly technology focused podcast, so I guess like all of them, we should mention that wwDC is happening
1: indeed it is it is happening now uh, I don't know what the plan is for me I'm pretty darn sure I'm going um I'm try- If you I'm, I'm- don't
0: come I don't know what's wrong with you. I heard you'
1: I'm um an an and what I don't know what's wrong with you i'm i i i feel I feel a bit of guilt here's the thing is what if I'm since this is the feeling show. I'm gonna go to WWDC. It's it's pretty much a done deal. I don't know why I'm even painting. It should like be online, a done deal, but you should book your tickets before it gets more expensive. What is wrong? Well, with you? so all right, listeners. Here's the thing. This is private talk with us. All right, just Aaron will it. hear this. Aaron will hear this in months when she finally so catches me. She's like a year and a. Half. So <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> but fun. as it's not a problem as long as nobody goes, you know, tweeting at Aaron, which I don't think she looks at Twitter. But nevertheless, you know, no, just, just keep it amongst us, please. The question I have, the only reason I haven't booked plane tickets yet, is because I'm trying to finagle with my parents. Maybe they would want to come in and be mom and dad, so to speak, like be be my children's mom and dad for a few days so Aaron could come too. Because Aaron, understandably, completely understandably, I think is feeling a not insignificant amount of FOMO because you know a lot of these people, like you, like Adina, are her friends okay. too.
0: I was going to ask, like, does she want to come?
1: I think she does mostly to see everyone like i don't think yeah. she really gives a crap about cupertino or wwdc or anything like that you know nobody she doesn't care the least bit about that but i think she would love to see all of our mutual friends right yeah. like i mean i haven't seen you in in adina and she obviously hasn't seen you in adina since 2019 because she if memory serves she was there i think in 2019 it was 18 nope. or 19 i forget which one it was um, oh aaron yes aaron was yes was there 18 or 19, yeah. yeah in 18 or 19 i forget which one it was now yeah. um and so she's basically seen everyone just as recently as I have. And and I think in that sense, I, I'm holding out hope that mom and dad, who generally are not keen on doing this sort of thing, but I'm hoping, holding out hope that maybe mom and dad will come through and be like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, we will be, you know, your children's mom and dad. We, we will take off the grandma and grandpa hat and put on the mom and dad hat for Sunday through Wednesday or whatever uh, during Declan's last week of school, which... I mean, I haven't even talked to Aaron about this. This is our little secret. It. She might even, even if she has the option, she may say, no, I think I should be here for the kids, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I, I'm hopeful that maybe mom and, my mom and dad will come through and maybe Aaron will be like, oh, I'll go for a day or two or something, even if, she, even if we fly out together and she comes back early or something like that. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But that's the only reason I haven't really booked plane tickets okay. yet. I have a hotel booked, but I haven't booked plane tickets because I'd like to book them Simultaneously, even though the business will pay for mine, and you know my family, you know the the list family will pay for hers. But it, it's better if I do that simultaneously, so we can get seats near each other, and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do about Erin, and obviously, you know, she has input into this as well. Even if my mom and dad are like, "Yeah, we'll do it," like I said, she might be like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But uh, but now I'm super super excited. I've been telling everyone, and I think it's coming across as a joke. Mike, when I've told you this at least five times, not a joke, we will have an uncomfortably long hug. Like, it's There's going no, to be awkward. You haven't told and me this I don't yet, care.
0: but you don't need oh, to I tell me. Have. You don't need to tell me. It is going to be tender. Like, that's going to be the difference, right?
1: <laughs> like, I was drinking from my water. I was just missing that's, <laughs> that's the
0: difference, you know? Like, some of my friends, you might do, like, the bro hug, right? The, like pat on the back, oh you know, God. or you might get like the rib-crushing bear hug from Grey, like, you know, that kind of idea. But me and you, it's going to be like an emotional
1: experience. <laughs> I seriously almost did a spit take. I'm sorry I'm losing like my Like I was thinking about this the other oh day. Gosh. Like, The, I
0: mean the, main, the, the uh, main reason I am super excited is that there are people, a bunch of people who I care greatly for that I've not seen, right, in this yep, period yep, yep. of time. That you... Federico. I'm sure there are yep, many yep, more yep. people, but like that will be going that I have n- that I am very used to seeing multiple times a year
1: or was used to that and haven't seen in three years, four, yeah, three or four, four, because it's mid 2019. It'll be mid 2023.
0: Jeez, wait, that's not, is that how that works? 2021? 20, yeah, oh my word, four years. And that's, you know, like, at a certain point, it's like, This is probably the longest, this is the longest space of time that I haven't seen you since I learned your name.
1: <laughs> it's actually that is right? That is a hundred percent true. No, that is a thousand percent true. It's, so it's, I'm, it's I'm awful. Looking like I'm it. laughing. I'm laughing about it, but it's all like how messed up. And it, it's not unique to us. I'm not trying to say we have it worse than anyone no, else. But there it's is
0: just... a li- so I was thinking about this in, in bed a couple of days ago. Like I was thinking about these kinds of things and I was hey, remembering girl. like it was funny to me when there was like a period of time where everyone was posting on social media, like seen this i haven't seen this person in 12 months haven't seen this person in 18 months and it was like that is the same like for everyone like you you don't get extra points because you haven't seen this person in a year like nobody's seen anyone right like that, right, so that was, right. what was kind of funny to me that people would be like trying to draw some emotion out if you're like oh here are these friends reunited after a year it's like i haven't mm-hmm. seen any of my friends for at least a year like this is not a unique experience, but at this point, four years, now that's a long one, right? Yeah, that that one Some of your best friends, like I don't think, that is not necessarily a shared experience amongst a lot of people, but there are many of my closest friends, people I speak to every single day that I have not seen since June 2019. And some where I've only seen them like, a very long way away because no one would come near me last year, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, even less, some people, it's yeah, like yeah, I yeah, got yeah. like a wave, you know, like, and that was kind of it. But
1: yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, no, that's it's it's awful. Like, I, I miss my friends. And granted, you know, you and I, we we have uh, you know, as we've mentioned many times, the four of us, you and Adina and Aaron and me, have a uh, a group chat that typically pops off on Sundays, but we'll have comments throughout. the It's rest mostly of the week. Formula One related, anyway. But, right. Yeah. But uh but nevertheless yeah we talk and you and I talk and 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 so on but we haven't spent meaningful time together since mid 2019 and mm-hmm. that's just it's just crummy and and I am so excited to see everyone and last year um I did eventually get a press invite to WWDC but this was before Michaela I think had even had her first vaccination like her first dose you know the first of the two round doses and at that point, you know, we weren't really going on planes. We This just wasn't something we were really doing. And so I said, no, I'm sorry, I can't come. And I haven't gotten a press pass. Nobody has yet. Um, I'm hopeful that I'll either get a press pass or I'll get, you know, some developer access or something. Did you apply? I did apply because I don't know what's going to happen with the press pass. You know, it's no guarantee. No I think guarantee. that's a
0: good call. I, I think that's a good call.
1: Yeah, so... We'll see what happens. Actually, I think today or tomorrow, if memory serves, is when they they tell everyone. We are recording
0: on April 4th. Uh, Today is the day it's cut off. I don't know if that's That's the day Mm -hmm. that people get told. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's tomorrow that people get told as we record. But um, but anyway, I, I expect I will be there. I'm hopeful that Aaron will come, too. I'm skeptical that even if mom and dad say yes, that she'll agree, but... One way or another, I am so incredibly excited to see everyone. I am extremely excited to give you a long and tender Tender. hug, (laughs) but also every like just everyone. I'm so excited to see everyone, and with respect to uh, Silicon Valley, I'm not sure I'd really choose Cupertino to be the place to do that.
0: This might be the weirdest WWDC that there has ever been. Like, Mm -hmm. so. This is, you know, I already apologize to listeners, like, you're going to hear this conversation a million times between now and and WWDC and probably afterwards. But me and Casey haven't spoken about it yet. So now you're just going to hear me and Casey talk about it. Like, I hope that you enjoy (laughs) that. But like, last year was was weird because no one knew what was going to go down. But by and large, a lot of people just stayed in San Jose still because... It was what you knew, and so you just kind of did it, right? And right. My, you know, that way, like, a lot of people still together, and they were around a fast-dying, but, like, area. <laughs> like, it really <laughs> is so about nothing is there. There was barely anything there before, and then it, it was even worse, uh, after, like, you know, after the effects of the pandemic, shutting down even more stuff in that area is how it seemed. But this time, people were like, there is no um, central space, like people are just staying close to Apple Park is as much as I've been able to glean, right? From talking to different friends and stuff. Getting mm-hmm. Airbnb, staying with friends, staying in these small hotels, staying in hotels that were clearly built for Apple Park, if that makes sense, right? Like a hotel company yep, comes yep, in, yep. puts a building next to the building. Um and there's no like downtown or anything mm-hmm. like that. So like mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be weird because I don't really think that there's gonna be like large group hangout or anything like that like I feel like Mm -hmm. it's probably the way it's it's just going to be a bit on the on the down low and like most people will see each other during any events as opposed to anything else but maybe that's just the best way for it to be at the moment I don't know but like it's going to be weird but kind of like San Jose year we went there didn't really know what to expect and like was thrown off by it but then after a at like one more year, it's like everyone kind of knew what to do, and like this is what these, this is what this place is about. Shows happen here, food happens here, like da da da, da. So maybe mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. going to happen this time. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what'll end up happening. um I also should note this is like the first worldiest of first world problems. It turns out getting from Little Podunk, Richmond, Virginia, to Little Podunk, San Jose, Mineta, or whatever it's called, airport, not easy, Mike. Not oh, easy I'm at going all. To San Francisco. <laughs> Yeah, and so as it turns out, I was uh, talking to some friends about this. Um, you can, there are flights on Breeze Airways, which is I think like an oh EasyJet equivalent. <laughs> like,
0: if I've never heard the name of the airway before, it might not be a good idea for you. Well, either. so
1: here's the thing, but the Breeze Airways does have like three or four times a week direct flights from Richmond to to, uh, to San Francisco, and so. That is extremely appealing. You know, I wouldn't have to change planes and or drive two hours to Dulles to get, a, you know, a, a direct flight. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. The, but then the other problem is I think I want to come back on Wednesday and and Breeze, last I looked, does not have a return flight on Wednesday. Mm. So then I'm doing like two one-way tickets and that has its own problems. And I mean, I've done it many times before, but it's not fun. So it's, I don't know what I'm going to do. But what about, I,
0: can you fly direct to SFO? no. Probably not, right? Not from
1: Richmond. Well, I I can fly direct from Richmond to to San Francisco on Breeze, but that's the only way I can do it. Otherwise, I'm either driving to Dulles, which again is like two hours and it's a pain in the butt, or I might even be from Dulles I'm transferring anyway. Plus, the only place that has a hub in Dulles is United, which I swore I would only fly in emergency situations because I've gotten stranded by them like two or three times at this point, so... It's one of those ugly situations, but I will figure it out, darn it. I will figure it out, Mike, so we can uh so we can have that tender, tender hug. hug one way yeah, or the other. Yeah, I'm
0: flying into SFO cuz it's a, it's only like a 20 minute more in a car than San Jose. Like San Jose is close. San Jose is super close to Apple Park. Yeah. But if you go into SFO and as long as there's no traffic, you're on the freeway, so you get there quick. Right. Like relatively. So it's like takes about 20 minutes driving from San Jose to Apple Park, according to Google Maps and like 45 minutes from SFO. But Mm -hmm. with SFO, there's more options. There's more. um, There are more flight options, which means the flights are more fairly priced. Like when I was looking at um, flights to San Jose, they were more expensive and less frequent. So it's like I like San Francisco. Plus, like I always like to just like go in and out of the same airport. It just feels like easiest to me. And SFO is a nice airport. I do not like the San Jose airport. At least the times that I've been there,
1: it's it's not great. I mean, it's like it's not unlike Richmond. If I'm honest with you, it's a little teeny airport that yep. doesn't really have much to it. Which I mean, that there's there's a time and a place for that.
0: I remember standing in the uh, immigration line there with Federico one year, and it felt like we were just standing in someone's office. It was really weird. Like <laughs> I think they were renovating that part, and it was just like would were doing their best. <laughs> it was like, what are we doing? What is going on here? It was oh, yeah, super yeah, yeah. weird.
1: Yeah. I mean, and plus, you know, it's, as I've said to you privately and probably publicly many times, uh, America is super awesome about, you know, how wonderful our immigration is because basically the sign might as well say, welcome to America, go home. You know, here, wait in a line for three hours, no matter where you are, no matter what airport, just wait in a line for three hours and regret all of your decisions. That, yeah. That's how you get welcome to America. Yeah. No, I don't know, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. I mean, I'm not even talking about the technology. Like honestly, the 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 work related aspects are like back burner for me at this point. I'm I just pretty, want to see my darn friends. I'm pretty pumped. Like,
0: you know, mm-hmm. this is this. I reckon this is going to be a, a, a historic WWDC, one way or another. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. So like, I'm excited for it for those for those reasons. I'm I'm at that point now. You know, like beginning of April, two months away. I'm like, it's, I'm like focusing my energy now forward, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, here we go. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're, we're winding up now. Like it's time.
1: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Uh, I mean, I I just want, I just want to see my friends. I would love to have a good show. Like, I mean, if this, this headset thing, I I know this really isn't a tech podcast, but if the headset thing lands, then cool. I want to see it. I want to experience it. Maybe if I'm pressed, like I was listening to Upgrade earlier today. And Jason had a fascinating theory about how maybe the press would be in you know Steve Jobs Theater and um and the the heathen developers which might be me will be in uh, in the in Apple Park you know like the the Cafe Max whatever it is
0: I think you could like you know you could make a case for either environment being better depending on your true taste true.
1: Mm-hmm. so yeah I don't know um I I just think that would be super cool if it ended up that like. Uh, that that you, maybe you and me are sitting in like Steve Jobs Theater, which would be a first time for both of us, am I right? Because you never had the opportunity before, right?
0: Yeah, but n- last year they didn't sit in the Steve Jobs Theater either.
1: Uh, totally, totally. But I like Jason's theory. Like it was a fun yeah. theory that yeah, that oh, press I, might I, be there. I, I
0: mean, I'm subscribed to this theory out of hope. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got a, lot so, of yeah. hope.
0: got a lot of hope coursing through my veins for the WWE mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, that's well put. I'm already cancelling all my plans in late May.
1: That's ah, a smart decision. That's yeah, a there very were all, smart all decision. All
0: the plans are being cancelled. Goodbye, plans. <laughs> Peace <laughs> I had out. To go home that night yep. and be like, and, you know, <laughs> you know, all these things we said we were going to do, we yeah, We're it. not doing it. Yep. yep and yep. of course, I'm getting no. You know, she she was with me, right? So like, right, right, right. There's no. Uh, there's not going to be any um, argument about that at all, right? Like she was there doing the Lord's work for me during the last episode <laughs> <WDC. laughs>
1: Indeed. Indeed she was. She was, she was a hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I'm looking, see, I'm looking at flights right now as we're talking in Alaska, which is formerly Virgin, you know, well, Virgin got bought up by Alaska and used to be my favorite way to go from Dulles and D you know, outside DC to to SFO. My choices are I can leave at the butt crack of dawn and arrive in San Francisco at nine 30 in the morning That's good. or, or I can leave late and arrive in San Francisco at eight to 11 o'clock at night, the night before the keynote. Like, not stupendous yeah, options. Yeah, that's,
0: that's not good. Ugh. I mean, this is why I'm telling you, like, you got to. I know it's complicated, but like, you got to make that decision sooner rather than yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. I'm, no, i y- trying. Your options trying. are dwindling, man. They are.
1: All right, well, moving on. I- I'm just excited. I, I am. I am so stoked for our 15 minute hug. It's, g- it's gonna be great. Gonna be great. So tender.
0: This episode of Analog is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience and sell anything. Your products, services, even the content that you create, Squarespace has got you covered. I talk about all-in-one platform, Let me tell you about exactly why Squarespace is the all-in-one platform. You get started with one of their best-in-class templates, which are customizable to fit your needs. It's as easy as browsing the category of website or business that you want to create to have that perfect starting place. And it's infinitely customizable with just a few clicks on the web in their apps. You can change everything that you want without needing to know how to code, which... I don't know how to write website code. I don't even think that's the phrase that you would use. So (laughs) I think it's best that I don't go near it. And I would recommend that you don't either because it's so easy with Squarespace. If you want to set up a blog, they have powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, updates, and more. You can categorize things. You can share things and schedule posts to make your content work for you. You could... It goes further than this. So you think, oh, yeah, Squarespace make websites. Well, what about email campaigns? You can encourage your visitors to sign up as email subscribers and start them on the journey to becoming loyal customers. They have templates, just like you do with their websites, which you can customize, and you have analytics to measure the impact of every send. They also have the ability to integrate an online store into your site to sell physical or digital goods, and they have all of the tools that you need to start selling online and grow and manage your business. Go to squarespace.com analog and you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. You can dig in, you can build everything, see how you feel about it and then get ready to launch your website, your beautiful, wonderful website to the world. And when you do, use the offer code analog and you will save 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com and when you decide to sign up, use the offer code analog and you'll get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for the show our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. So we have a feedback form now. Oh, we are fancy. Look at us. Which we mentioned a while ago and you can go to the website go to relay.fm/analog and there's a there's a feedback file of feedback button there. Uh, I think it's I think it's called submit feedback. We did toy around with file of feedback for a while <laughs> uh, but was like that's only funny and only makes sense to the Tech focus shows on the network, like the yep, heavy yep. tech focus shows on the network, right? Like, I don't know if it means something to everyone. So we we kept the name Feedback because that's funny to us. And then we went with uh, Submit Feedback. So you can do that. There's also a link in the show notes, one of the top links in the show notes. So you can send in your questions. And we've been getting some trickling in, Casey. We haven't really good, spoken good. about it too much, but I thought I would mention it today and request that people leave us questions if they want to hear us talk about things, and I've got a few for you, and for me, but it's also for you. I have a question from Magnus. Magnus writes in and says, I've noticed over the years that Casey talks about apps that he is developing, but is very cagey or secretive (laughs) about what the functionality of these apps actually is. I would really like to hear why. Is it fear of someone else getting to the market before him? Is it a fear of getting negative feedback on the idea? Is it maybe a fear of being demotivated to finish the project or something else entirely?
1: Yes. Okay. All right, what's the next question? <laughs> I'm kidding. Next question. Uh, no, it, no, 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 no <laughs> I'm, I'm being silly. Uh, it, it's actually, it's kind of all of the above. Um, it, a, a lot of it primarily is I'm pretty much always working on something. And it's often but not always something new, but I, I'd i say one out of every maybe four or five times I actually ship the thing I'm working on. So as an example, I spent maybe a month or two playing with an idea that's been brought up on, on Dubai Friday a handful of times, although not recently, uh, where Merlin and Alex were saying that they really wanted a way to like capture a thought and also take note of where they were when that thought was captured. And so I put together a proof of concept, um, that lets you dictate to the phone because there's now an API for that and it'll, you know, translate that into text and it'll mark where you were when it happened and, and so on and so forth. And I went far enough that I have a bare bones like functionality uh, or bare bones functional app, but it, I didn't like it. The, the transcription was slow I didn't think the app was working terribly well and it didn't feel like the sort of thing that, you know, that cranking on it more would really make an appreciable difference. And so I abandoned it mm-hmm. and, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing and it's not necessarily like a big secret, but I don't want to be even implicitly um, like promising, Oh, this is the thing I'm working on. It will, and it will be released someday. Because a lot of times it's I'm throwing stuff against the wall, but I'm like underscore I don't always let it out, you know. And, and I don't mean that in a dismissive way to underscore. I think that's one of his greatest like talents and 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 advantages is that he pretty much always gets whatever he's thinking about to the point that there's something worthwhile, and he throws it over the fence and says, "Okay, here's here's my new thing." I'm not as good at that as he is, and so I don't think it's a waste of time for me to try and you know scratch an itch and see if there's anything there. But a lot of time I. I, I bail on it and, and I just, I I don't know, maybe that's a little embarrassing. Maybe it's just not interesting programming if I'm not going to make anything of it. You know what I mean? So, um, so that's the biggest thing is that a lot of times I just bail. Um, the next thing is that a fear of somebody else getting to market before me, you know? So, uh, I did talk relatively, um, relatively openly about, the thing I'm working on right now on what was, which, what was the name of the th- thing? I always get the relay private shows mixed up. Spotlight. Um, thank you. I was, I, Available I, I, I was for relay FM members. Perfect. Perfectly done. Um, yeah. So it was, what was it last month's spotlight or something mm-hmm. like that? Um, I talked, uh, or I chatted with Kathy Campbell. Um, uh, it was the 9th of March. There you go. So, I chatted with her about a lot of stuff, including what I'm working on. And I was pretty explicit about it. And the reason I did that was because it's, you know, a limited audience. It's people who probably really care because you care enough to send relay some of your money. You care enough to listen to this show where, you know, it was mostly about me. So it seemed like a safe space. I probably will talk about my app on ATP in the next week or two, if not this week, probably next week. Cause I think I'm Damn. getting pretty close to release, but um, But I I really like keeping it close to the vest until I'm pretty confident I'm going to be th- releasing it and I'm pretty confident that it's looking okay. So that's many, many words to say yes. This is, of all the apps you've made, the app I've used the most already. Oh, I've,
0: I use this app more than I've used any app that you've made. Oh, Even good. like in release. Like I use it nearly mm. every day. Because you know... I'm not spilling the beans, but like, you know, this is a thing that we both do a lot. Mm-hmm. And you've made an app that is better at doing that thing than the stuff that's available. Well, in some ways, there's things that are out of your control, but like, that's just the interesting part of dealing with a data set.
1: I, I do, do you want me to just briefly, just very briefly? It's give, up to give... you, man. Okay, because I don't, do you want, should I, should I leave the teaser to force people to go and listen to Spotlight, or should I just spill no, the beans? No. Spotlight's
0: uh, really good, that's not all Spotlight was about. like.
1: That's true, that's true. Uh, no, so the app, I don't have a name for it yet, well I do, but it's terrible, um, and I don't have an icon for it yet, well I do, but it's terrible, but I know what the general uh, elevator pitch is, imagine uh, IMDB, the internet movie database, but made by somebody with self-respect. Yes, so, one of the worst apps <laughs> In the absolute, <laughs> it's so bad. It's so the IMDb app is so bad. So bad. Um, and so this it does not use IMDb as its data source. Uh, it uses something called the movie database, which is not as robust as IMDb. The IMDb data full stop is better. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, but this this app is um, is imagine the the premise of the IMDb app done with admittedly slightly crummier data, but done in a way that's actually nice, that isn't playing autoplay videos, that isn't trying to sell you crap, that isn't making you try to log in every four friggin' seconds. It's like,
0: if I don't need an IMDB account to get this information, why right. do you make, want me to make one? If you want me to make one that bad, don't show me anything else in the app, right? Like, oh God, just say, the only way to get this information is to log mm-hmm. in, it's so strange.
1: It's so weird, but anyway. So that I, we don't need to belabor it, I, but uh, I feel like everyone's earned it at this point. So I don't know when I'm going to release it. I need a name and an icon first, but uh, but I think I'm getting really, really close.
0: Yeah, I'd, the name part is that is hard. It's like I have no good ideas for it. Yeah,
1: see, neither do I. And the one I have is terrible, and I'm not going to be sharing that because it's terrible. Um, but it, it, anyways, uh, <laughs> suffice to say, it will be hopefully soon. Um and and I'm really excited about it. It's not perfect by any means, but I think it's it's pretty good.
0: This to me feels like one of those apps that in 3 months time after release will be looking very different cuz
1: yeah, you know, yeah, when
0: you sent it to me, I had a bunch of things I wanted and you added a a selection of them. Um most of them I think or, uh, that you could add. Uh and I've seen that you've been releasing it in a bunch of like Slack's and stuff that we're in together. And Mm -hmm. every time I see you tell people about it, you'll get, like, a litany of things that people want or (laughs) want data to be displayed in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I expect it will be the same with um, when you release this application. Like, you'll get a lot of people say, like, I really love it, but I'd love it if it did this. Like, have you thought about including this? And Mm -hmm. and it will make the app better. But, like, this one's going to be, I expect, a lot of feature requests. A lot of.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's that's a good thing, right? Because that means people actually give a crap. But um, but we'll we'll see what happens. I'm I I'm feeling pretty good about it. Our mutual friend, uh, Ben McCarthy, gave me a lot of really good UI tips that that seem small on the surface, but I think made for a, just a much better looking app. So yeah, I am know what they're indebted doing, to them. So. They really know <laughs> what they're doing. So it was, it was a, a tremendous kindness of Ben to do that. But anyways, uh, I'm derailing our entire show, and I don't mean to, but suffice yeah. to say, Uh, I am, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, I look forward to every app, but, um, with each app I make, I feel like I'm getting, I think I'm getting less and less niche. Like, you know, peak of view, I think is very, very useful, but in extremely limited circumstances, masquerade, I think is more useful to more people. But again, not necessarily everybody wants to, you know, redact photographs, whereas not everyone wants to look up, well, who is this person from? But a lot of people do. And so, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
0: But we can maybe touch on the question again a little bit. So like why the secrecy? Like, so I think this is a thing that lots of people do. I mean, I think it's the thing that many of us have drawn from Apple.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Right. Where they are like to a fault secret sometimes mm-hmm. about the way that they do things. And I think that we've all kind of drawn from that a little bit. But I think it's something that you're seeing more and more. Like one of the places where I'm seeing this kind of stuff really take hold is in the gaming world, in video games world. And one of the reasons that it hap- is happening there, which I actually think is potentially why some people keep things secret, but um, I think it's gaming culture is just perpetuates this more. Like if you talk about something too early and talk about ideas and plans and stuff, you get held on the hook for them even if you end up not doing it exactly the way that you said you were going to
1: Mm -hmm. this happens
0: a lot in gaming like because just like gaming culture online can just be a real rough and so like you promised it would do this and you know it's like well Mm -hmm. i know but when we are like plans do change and so like you get to a point so like you know i do it too right I was saying that Cortex Brand was working on a new product for nearly two years because we were working on a product (laughs) for two years. And at any point, I could have said to you, it will be available within the next three months. Like I could have said that at any point within two years. And then I would have been on the hook for like, we're doing this thing. And plus, it changed significantly during the production process. So if I would have said to you, it looks like this, does this, made this way, it would have been incorrect when the product came out. And you might say to me, Oh, I wanted the one you originally wanted, or hey, you lied. You said it was <laughs> gonna be like that. Yeah, but that's like that's the issue. Like, I would like to be able to talk about things more like openly, like earlier on in processes. And I'm trying to find ways to do that that makes sense for the stuff that I work on, but the issue is like if people start to expect a thing or, you know, that you're on the hook for saying something's going to be a certain way, it can be complicated or or tricky to start trying to walk that
1: back, you yep, know? A thousand percent. I completely agree.
0: So like then you, you end uh, or like, as you said, like there have just been things that you've straight up stopped, like you're like, oh, this is my next app. And then. No, this doesn't work. <laughs> like
1: no, no, it's not. <laughs> there have been,
0: I think, two projects that I've known you to to can. Uh,
1: I'm trying. There's been a lot. I'm trying you were to think working on the... a
0: fitness focused. Oh yes, uh, project uh, that for was, a while. That
1: was tentatively called goaltender, and I yeah. I liked the idea of it, but I didn't love the execution, and it was again something that I thought was semi limited in audience, and mm-hmm. so uh so i abandoned that one i put a fair bit of work into that but i i don't regret having abandoned it um and i mean with all of these projects i learn a lot like i'd never done watch development before goaltender and and again goaltender never saw the light of day and it never will but i learned about watch development and that made me understand why everyone complains about watch development because it really is really crummy uh but yeah I, i mean i think in summary if you don't Tell people what to expect; they won't be disappointed when you do not deliver. And sometimes you will deliver, but not always. And so, if you don't tell people, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build this amazing thing," then if you don't build it, it's no, no, nobody cares because yeah. you never promised it.
0: So, you know, there is a benefit to just keeping secret about a thing, but that can be—I mean, it it has a level of frustration for the people that make it too. Like,
1: yeah, something no,
0: becomes a huge part of your life; you just want to be able to talk about it. and
1: that's why i've been kind of let letting bits and pieces of of this forthcoming app i've talked a little bit about it obliquely here and there and now i'm talking more directly about it and on spotlight it as well because i again i think i'm getting close to release if i were to wager i guess i would guess in the next month or two but who knows it may not be until september for all i know i don't think that'll be the case but you never know um so now that i'm getting closer i feel like There's the, the, there's something to be said for drumming up a little bit of interest and or excitement about it. Um, and, and so I think it's worth chatting about here and there now that I'm closer.
0: Yeah. You know, as a content consumer myself, I understand the like tension, frustration, like with someone keeping saying like i've got this new thing i'm working on i'm working on my new thing the thing that i can't talk about like you kind of like at first it's like oh what is that and then eventually it's like oh i get it you know like i have Mm -hmm. these feelings too about shows podcasts and stuff that i enjoy but it is kind of just like one of those facts of making things you there are pluses and minuses to both idea. Like if I if I knew I was making something that there's absolutely no way it could change and I was hundred percent confident of the timeline secret that's never gonna happen, then I would feel more <laughs> comfortable just just talking about it in advance. But yep. I, you know, I don't know how um you know like our friends like Tom and Dan, like how they deal with the stress of the Kickstarter process.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm.
0: understand how anyone does that. Like that <laughs> is so terrifying of a prospect for me of like here's yeah. this thing we wanna make. Like, will you buy it? By <laughs> the way, it could come at any point and might be different by the time you get it. Like that's yeah. that's the realism with most Kickstarter campaigns, especially if they've not entered full manufacture, that like you don't know when it's gonna arrive and like all that kind of stuff. Like and I as it stands right now, like I have zero desire to do a Kickstarter or a long-term pre-order thing. Like, I've been hesitant of ever doing pre-orders of any kind of product, because I'm just like, until I know it's there, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, we're probably going to get into that with Psychic Notepad, because, like, we're going to sell out soon, and, like, it's going to happen within the next week, probably. Nice. Well, this is one of those good-bad problems. <laughs> like, we won't have any more for... Maybe like in about eight weeks at least, mm-hmm. because this, it kind of took us by surprise. Like, I thought we had a year's worth of stock.
1: Oh, well, this is super nice. That, well, I, mean, I own know, know like, this I'm problem. It but... is a
0: good bad problem, right? Like, yeah, it's fantastic yeah. that the product has done well and that, you know, we've sold a bunch of them and like, this is all amazing. But now we're about to go out of stock for like two months, which I don't want to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, there's a, there was, it, it kind of got to the point, where it was like, oh, we need to put an order in. So we put the order in, but it's too late at that point. Like, if you right, get to that right. point, it's like, it's too late. Like, wh- well, as soon as these ones deliver, I'm going to put another order in because I just, I don't know what's going to happen and I don't want to be in this position again. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you kind of get one of these, you know, you get one. <laughs> you get one, go out of stock for a while. And, but then after that, it's like, no, this is, this is an unacceptable experience. Uh, yeah. Emma's roasting me in the chat of wherever I heard this before. Because we did this <laughs> happened with the journal. But like, right? we made an order of psychics that we make for like eight to nine months of journal stock. So like, would we have ever imagined that this long established product that we have, that we sell X amount of thousands of a year, that like we could just order that? Like, that was why I thought this was yeah, a year's totally. worth of stock, right? Because mm-hmm. it just didn't feel like we could sell them that fast, but... Turns out. It turns out, like, this. it's doing well. People are excited about it. People like it. We you know, and it was... Gray's posting a thousand videos, which is, I think, is one of the contributors. And then also, we got written up um, on Ink, which is pretty cool. Um, hmm. And I think that's driven some... So, yeah, it's fantastic. I'm very excited about it, but it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I You know, it's just... It's this those good bad problems, but yeah, but what I, the way around of this of like we'll probably get to a point and we'll strongly consider saying like all right we're gonna put them on pre order now because we know that they'll be available in like a month or whatever. But I don't know, I don't know. Stress. I mean
1: it's it's exciting and good problem to have, but it is indeed a problem. A problem. Yes. Wow, this took a turn, not a bad turn, but a turn. This is not, I don't think the conversation either of us expected, but that's okay. Uh, well, we, we've gone uh, all over the place. Well, wh- what is awesome these, d- these days other than the sidekick notebook? I will jump through the computer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will. And it's also a sidekick notepad.
1: I, oh, I, I, it, I, as I was saying it, I was like, oh shoot, if you're I, I did that it, wrong. Do it, I know, right. I've or don't it. do I've it at all. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe I was just going for the double troll. Let's go with that. Mm-hmm. that I'll yeah, retro sure. it. That's mm-hmm. what it was.
0: This episode <laughs> is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Watching Netflix without using ExpressVPN is like buying tickets to your favorite like musical act, but only being able to watch the opening act and not actually, you know, so you go and you, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Casey, what's your favorite band?
1: Oh, gosh, wait, that's actually been a topic in the I document know. for I months. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll say, Dave Let's Matthews, say can, even you're going to go watch
0: Mute Math, but instead it's like the local Virginia band. Like, that's what you get to see. Mm-hmm. Anyway, watching Netflix without a VPN basically means you only get access to a fraction of the content that could be available to you. So there's a bunch you could be missing out on. Thankfully, ExpressVPN will allow you to unlock these shows, and it works by letting you change where Netflix thinks that you're located. So, for example, you or I could watch The Office, the US version, in my experience, the superior version, on Canadian Ooh, Netflix. You could watch It's Always Sunny on Philadelphia or on, the U- on UK Netflix. We have that. We have the entire show. You to watch it on Netflix. But it, So if you just open up the ExpressVPN app, change your location to the UK, refresh Netflix, you could watch It's Always Sunny. But it isn't just for this. One of the things that I use it for is when I'm traveling, I'm watching a show at home, or like, say, the Formula One. I can use ExpressVPN to form my computer to allow me to connect to the (laughs) services that I already pay for and use in the UK, which otherwise wouldn't let me use it because I'm overseas. So super awesome. ExpressVPN is blazing fast. You can stream in HD with zero buffering. It's compatible with all of your devices, your phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. And they have servers in 94 countries, so you can gain access to thousands of new shows by using these uh, countries and reflection services. You know it works with iPlayer, YouTube. Well, I already mentioned Netflix. You know I use it for some stuff here too. It works with a ton of them. So you can stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of the content, and get your money's worth at ExpressVPN.com/analog. Don't forget to go to ExpressVPN.com/analog, and you will get an extra three months. Of ExpressVPN for free. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for the support of this show and RelayFM. I mentioned Formula One. Mm-hmm. What's been your experience of the season so far?
1: It's been, you know, one thing that's been a little frustrating, and maybe this is the way it always is, and I just don't recollect it this way. But I feel like it's been in like stops and starts, and they not been talking about the race. Okay, the schedule is so messed this up this season,
0: so bad. I think like. I don't know why they've done well, I think it's money. I think money has led them to do things the way that they've done it. Like but the scheduling of the beginning of the season has sucked. It's like okay. Hey, it's not here's just an me. opening race. Three weeks later, here's another one. Two weeks later, here's another one. Hey, wait for a month for the fourth race. Right. Like what is going on? The right. season okay. it, yeah, it's 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 wild, Kate's saying there was supposed to be a race in China. I understand that, but still the fact that there were two three week gaps like they could they could have known about the China race from a long time ago. I, I feel like they've shuffled things around over time based on what people want and where they want to be on the calendar. Because of Mm -hmm. money, right? So, like, Mm -hmm. I I expect there are like like countries or organizations that are trying to work with the FIA to be like, we want to be the first race. We want our race to be at this time. We want our race to be at that time. Which is also meaning that like there are some races where it's like, hey, we're in America. Oh, now we're back in Europe. Now we're back in America again. It's like, (laughs) why are you doing it this way? It's like, as a fan, it's very frustrating, and I feel like. For me, like, with the amount of gaps that we've had so far, I feel like I haven't really been able to get into the season. Yes, exactly. And I imagine exactly. that, like, if you're a new fan this year, like, that's not a great onboarding, right? No. Where, like, you've watched Drive to Survive, you're ready for the first season, and you're like, yeah, I'll give it a go, and you watch a race, and, like, that was fun, and then it's, like, three weeks until you get another <laughs> one. I don't think it's a great, like... I don't think they've done a very good job here. Like, I think after this next one in April, so like the end of the month, then it starts kicking off on a more regular schedule for a while. But then we'll be in the summer break before you know it.
1: Right? So true. It's been tough. Like, uh, again, this is like 1st worldy problems, but it's been tough getting too excited about it because it's exactly what you said. All right, all right we got a race, and I'll see you in a month. I right, we got a race, and I'll see you in three weeks. or whatever. I mean, the, the numbers don't matter, but you get my point. Like, I haven't it's been tough to get really excited about it and, and whatever. I mean, it it is what it is. It's fine. It's not a big deal. None of this really matters in the grand scheme of things, but I don't know. I I'm used to, I mean, maybe this is my American showing, but I'm used to a uh, season starts. You get an event like every week or in some cases like basketball every couple of days. And that happens for the most part until the entire season is yeah. in like the playoff section or done. And that's not, what, not what's happening.
0: I like that. There's not a race every weekend. Like, I like that they they Mm -hmm. spread it out, and so, like, you get these gaps and stuff, but I just think, for a season beginning, I would like at least for there to be two races in two weeks, right? But it's just, like, it's just not happening, like, and it's been, I don't know, it's been very frustrating. Nope, couldn't agree more. I feel like the planning in the past has been better, but... This time, it feels like it's been very hard to get into the season. Plus, it's just been like such a weird season anyway.
1: Yeah, it really has been a little bit of an
0: odd season, which isn't bad. Some of that strangeness, though, would have been, I think, more exciting with more back to back races to allow yep. some of the stuff to embed, like the fact that Aston Martin had a second team now.
1: <laughs> how is that even possible? Like, uh, I, mean, I, I don't understand.
0: understand. I genuinely don't know how they've done it.
1: Well, I mean, Fernando is still. But pretty It's not good. just He's... Fernando,
0: though, right? The car. Yeah, yeah. It's the car, and I don't. I know I know that Aston Martin are pumping money in, but the expectation from everyone is like you were going to see those results in an in an amount of years from now, right? Because they're building these new facilities and stuff. But they just like casually rocked up with the second best car on the track this year.
1: Yeah, like oh, here we are. Uh, no, it's 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 been wild. Um, it's it's also it's very funny for me. So in the same way that being a Drive to Survive fan does not exclusively, but often indicates whether you're a new fan or an old fan, right? Because the old fans generally, not always, generally the old fans seem to think that Drive to Survive is an abomination and should not be trusted and is just fabricated top to bottom. And the new fans like, I don't care, it's fun. And that's where I sit, is I don't care, it's fun. Um, But I bring all this up because another way you can tell an old fan from a new fan, particularly this year, is what is your opinion, Mike, on Fernando Alonso? I, I mean, I like him.
0: <laughs> I do too. I, like, I do too. I like. For me, I for me, I like that he kind of embraces who he is. That's what I like about him, and I think that it was exemplified in Drive to Survive this year, where he's like, "I'm the villain." Yeah. Like he knows yep. who he is. Like and, and that's what I I like about him is that he is can be a bit nasty on the track and like is ruthless.
1: Mm-hmm. But he owns it. I like that. I I respect that. I agree with everything you just said. My understanding is that he was kind of a turd, like a just a tremendous troll for most of his career. Yeah, This all happened long before I gave a crap about F1. Yeah. And I might have the story wrong. I'm, you know, I'm getting told this from you know friends of mine who have been F1 fans for forever. But it seems to me that anyone who has hung around F1 for a long time, like 10, 15, 20 years really does not, not, does not like Fernando Alonso but you and I are like hey man he's not bad he's fun mm-hmm. you know or whatever um, and so that, it's just funny to me to see that and so for me I think it's kind of cool that the old guy is coming back and and is making a name for himself again you know because he was world champion what like 10-15 years yeah, ago something like that
0: people change that. I mean it's also similar like a, a lot of people dislike Lewis just like a Lewis that Lewis isn't anymore but they like made their mind up on him yeah that's fair You know, and so they, you know, Lewis has kind of moved on in who he is as a person, but he was also very difficult uh, before. And so, like, you know, yeah, I just thought it was interesting.
1: Yeah. So I I think this whole season's been wild. It pains me a lot that uh, McLaren seems to be just wearing clown shoes. Like, the the only way I saw some good uh, Formula Dank uh, memes fly by and that, like,
0: when, you know when Casey's done with a race.
1: Because <laughs> he just sends
0: you all these memes. He just goes it's on so Reddit good. and then he just yep. finds things and he yep. just texts.
1: I am providing a service, Michael. I am okay. providing a service to you, Adina and Aaron. That's good. You're welcome. It's a service nobody asked for. I can stop. I'm sorry, Dad. You don't I have to stop. stop.
0: You don't have to stop. You can keep doing it because I do find them funny. But at the same time, you also have to accept that people are going to make fun of you.
1: I know, I know. It's it's allowed. It's allowed. But anyways, uh, but yeah, Formula Dank had uh, I, I can't remember what specifically it was, but it was something along the lines of, well, you know, the, the McLaren found a way to 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 score points. They just needed a quarter of the grid to retire in a race, which is basically what happened last week. Um, it was funny too, because uh, the Australian Grand Prix started at one in the morning for me. And I didn't even think about watching it. And so, like, 8 or 9 in the morning, I forget what time it was, I sat down to watch the replay, the full replay on, uh, on you know, Formula One TV or whatever it's called, you know, because we subscribed to the thing, the official thing. And I noticed that the runtime was, like, three and a half hours or something like that. And I thought, huh. Ah, uh,
0: I should thought look these races at that. You know like, what I mean? Well
1: I, well, I didn't mean to. I just happened to notice. Yeah. I was like, huh. I feel like races are shorter than that, but I always watch them live, so I didn't really think twice about it. And then, what was it? Within two minutes, it was the first red flag. And I was like, oh, I I can see where this is going now. (laughs) Oh, that was a mess. That was a mess. Yeah, it was... This
0: last race, Australian Grand Prix, the way I described it, is like... It has... It had all of the makings of a fantastic race, but in the wrong order. (laughs) Which, I think, led to... I don't know. I was a little underwhelmed by it. Maybe it didn't help that I woke up at six o'clock in the morning for it, like, which is, that's early for me, but it is, it is, um, you know, it was, it was, I think it was an interesting race. It had a bunch of weird stuff happening in it, but yeah, just Mm -hmm. not necessarily in the right order for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it was, it was weird for sure, but I don't know. I broadly the season, I think it's interesting. I like that, you know, I don't love that Red Bull seems to be running away with it. I did love seeing George do a really, really good job in the Australian Grand Prix. I thought he did excellently. Um, It's Mercedes more broadly seems to be getting their crap together, which is good. Um, I'm really sad about McLaren because if I had to pick a constructor that I'm rooting for, I would say it's McLaren. And and that's
0: I can't find myself to really have any emotions for Oscar Piastri.
1: I so far I agree with you on that. Um, I don't have happy or sad emotions, yeah, like you said. I, I'm I just very it's just, ambivalent, yeah. And he's, I don't know there. why I,
0: I got like even like Logan Sargent. I'm like, I secretly want him to do well, and I don't know why. I'm just like, come on, Logan. because Americans show, are usually terrible no, at F1. It's just kind of like, show them, show them show 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 they're wrong. I don't know who yeah, they right. are, but like, that's just how I feel. <laughs> I'm like, come on, just show them, show them they're wrong. But Oscar Piastri is kind of just like. I have nothing. Like, I have nothing good. I have nothing bad. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just I am completely neutral. And I think he is maybe the only driver on the grid that I am completely neutral about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I think I agree with you. But I don't know. I I do still really like F1. It's been harder for me, like we have already said, you know, to get into the season. But I'm still enjoying it. I still like watching it. It's still fun for me. And we'll see what the rest of the season takes us. I'm very curious to see if Vegas lives up to the hype because I feel like, F one, not even America, but like F one seems to be, it seems to be hyping Vegas a lot. It's the (laughs) entire.
0: I mean, I don't know if you see the same graphics as me, but like on Sky, like all of the like intro graphics and like break graphics and stuff like that, they're all focused around Vegas. And it's just like, all right, I'm sure it will be fun, but like it's not the entire sport. The entire sport mm -hmm. is not raced in Las Vegas now. Like it's one race out of twenty three. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the hype is way too strong for the Vegas race.
1: I think you might have that. I think you might have hit the nail right on the head with that because I think the hype is going out of control already. Yeah. So we'll see. But overall, I'm enjoying it for sure.
0: Uh, Manny asked a question. Mm-hmm. With both of you backing away from Twitter, what are you doing to follow Formula One news and personalities? As it seems to me, the whole social media sphere is still posting and using Twitter there.
1: Yeah, it seems like sports Twitter of any kind hasn't left, from what I've gathered. I genuinely haven't well, looked at Twitter for more Apple than a Tech moment. only Apple Tech Twitter
0: that has left.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I um I haven't looked at Twitter for more than a moment in month a month or two at least, and I think I'm better for it to be honest. But but to answer uh, the question, I typically follow uh, I follow a lot of F1 drivers, even ones that I'm kind of you know a periphery fan of. I follow them on Instagram, which yeah. I find, for whatever reason, to be more interesting to me. And I on I Twitter they're
0: really... PR machines mostly, and yeah, on Instagram yeah, well they put. actually post their lives a bit.
1: Yeah, that, that's a really good way to describe it. And so uh, that's still the case. Uh, I there were a couple of people like um, Spanners from Miss um, uh, Apex. Uh, I followed him on Twitter and. I missed seeing his commentary because whether or not you agree with it, I think it's funny. Um, And I miss seeing that, but, you know, it's fine. And uh, it's funny, too, because I enjoy watching the drivers, but I feel like F1 on Instagram, I'm not sure if you feel the same way, Mike, but the official F1 account on Instagram is just like nonstop. I've gotten to the point that I'm like, maybe I should unfollow the F1 account because it's just incessant. The issue is I
0: like all of the stuff they post. The problem is the Instagram algorithm. It's like Monday, and I'm getting posts from Friday qualifying.
1: Yeah, that's like, also this true. isn't yep, 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 yep. good
0: anymore. Like I like mm-hmm. that information in the moment, but or like on the day, like I like to get all of this, this stuff that they're posting. But days right. later, I'm still getting things. Like it doesn't work. Like the algorithm is not tuned for this, which I th- mm-hmm. think is kind of silly, but. Yeah, one of the things that I've picked up because I, I mean, yeah, I, I follow the drivers on Instagram. I don't follow any media on Instagram. I used to follow like people in F one media on Twitter, but I don't see that anymore. But there was, were they with? I don't remember what website they were with. Now was it WTF one, which was Matt and Tommy. They were two writers. They were on WTF one they left and they've started their own youtube channel called p1 with matt and tommy and it's a podcast and they post a bunch of videos a week and stuff that nice. they've become like my general source for what's happening in the sport that i otherwise might not know about mm. so like they make they do like a weekly podcast but they also do like predictions they do reviews and if there's any kind of like breaking news or whatever they'll post videos about it real quick so like they're a couple of british guys i i like I like their present- presentation style mostly like and they keep things short where they're short or not where they're not, if that makes sense, like they yeah, have like yeah, a yeah. whole podcast, which is like an hour, but they'll post like a ten minute explainer video of something that happened, like why is the rules this way mm-hmm. um I also well, there's one other channel that I follow on YouTube is it the race? Yeah, The Race as well. I like them too. They post a lot of like 10-minute videos explaining complicated things. I also like Chain Bear, but I haven't seen Chain Bear post them much recently. But yeah, now for me, as is obvious, I'm actually getting the majority of this kind of content from YouTube, if I get any. But I'm not really reading the moment-to-moment stuff on Twitter anymore.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And what, what's going on with Backmarkers these days?
0: Oh, we're just doing a bunch of episodes throughout the year. Like so we're not posting one every week. Um people keep asking me this question and they're like, Hey, where's the backmarker? And it's like, Well, we actually did an episode where we explained this. But people keep asking questions, which is just very I, funny to me. I'm
1: sure I've heard it, but I completely forgot then.
0: Yeah, so you're like the people in my uh mastodon replies. <laughs> we're we're not doing week to week because it was too overwhelming in our lives to like Mm-hmm. have to i'd have to be here in the studio it's so like it was difficult for we traveling and went to do things or whatever it's just complicated um and austin was having the same he has a young family as well so while we're both still watching the races we're going to do a handful of episodes throughout the year we're typically waiting for like either just a desire to do an episode like something happens like something sure. big happens and we make like emergency episodes but we're also going to do <laughs> like we have a few places in the year where we know we want to do episodes to, like, wrap up this section. or Like, you know, it's the end of the summer break, beginning of the summer, end of the season, and stuff like that. (laughs) Vegas. We probably will do an episode about Vegas, right? Just because, like, that would be funny, maybe. So, yeah, we're just going to be inconsistent now. That's fair. I think which is probably best for both of us. Makes sense. This episode is brought to you by Fitbod. Getting fitter is one of those things that can have knock-on effects in other areas of your life that you might not be expecting. Having more energy, sleeping better, just having exercise can help these things occur in your life. But it can be difficult, daunting, scary to know where to start. That's why I want to let you know that FitBard is an easy and affordable way to build a fitness plan that's just for you. You don't want to have to look to other people and follow what they're doing. You know, you don't want to have to just watch a YouTube video and just do that same exercise over and over again. What is great about FitBud and what is great about finding fitness plans that work for you is when they're actually made for you. It's when they stick, it's when you see the results that you're looking for because everybody has their own path with fitness. Which is why Fitbod uses data to make sure that they customize your workouts to suit you. They have a very powerful algorithm that creates a custom dynamic plan based on your experience and the equipment that you have by understanding your strength training ability and studying what you're doing, then it will create a training plan that will maximize your fitness gains by varying intensity and volume between sessions. They make sure that you don't overwork muscles or underwork others, because that's not going to be great for you. FitBod tracks muscle fatigue and recovery to design a well-balanced routine, all within a really easy-to-use app that has over 1,400 HD video tutorials. They're all shot from multiple angles to make sure that learning every exercise is super simple, and it integrates with your Apple Watch, your Wearable Smartwatch, and apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health. I've been using FitBod for years. It really is just like a great one-stop shop for me to get the strength training stuff that I want to do. And I love how easy it is for them to provide me with a custom plan and how I can also tweak it depending on what I'm looking for. And if I, you know, maybe you're in different environments, have access to equipment, that kind of stuff personalized training of this quality can be expensive but FitBod is just twelve ninety nine a month or $79.99 a year but you can get 25% off your membership by signing up today at fitbod.me analog so go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash analog and you'll get 25% off your membership that is fitbod.me slash analog for 25% off a thanks to FitBod for the support of this show and Relay FM. so talking about news consumption mm-hmm you're using RSS now? I keep no, seeing reference c- to this.
1: How could I? It's dead. It's been dead for years. RSS
0: is dead, baby. RSS uh, no, is like it- the zombie of news. <laughs> it's been dead for years. It just keeps coming back. Dead
1: for years, but yet here it is. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I used to, oh, f- around the time that the reader app, what is it, R-E-E-D-E-R, is that right? Well, um, I,
0: it's so hard to talk about RSS, like, all of the mm-hmm. apps, like, uh, you know, I was listening to John and Federico on App Stories talk about it. Like, there are two apps called Reader. One is R-E-A-D-E-R. One is R-E-E-D-E-R. And I was thinking about other apps, one's called Unread, right? Like the, like, the names of RSS apps are just the names of things that you do in RSS apps, which makes it really comfortable, really complicated to talk about them. But yes, R-E-E-D-E-R, Reader by Sylvia Ritzy, which I think mm-hmm. is the best RSS client.
1: So, it, it well, I used to be a religious um a user i was almost going to say reader a religious user of r-e-e-d-e-r uh back when it was like brand new so this was probably 10 years ago now something like that It's it's been a while and uh and i love that app i i haven't tried it recently it's probably even better than it was when i last used it
0: the most recent version reader five is just a treat
1: that uh, i don't doubt it but um I I realized I'm I'm leaving Twitter. Like I I'm I'm not really going to pay attention to Twitter. And there were a, a, over time, Twitter had become my news source, and that was mostly just from seeing people tweet about you know tweet links about things that I would be interested in. But was also you know I followed a handful of official accounts, and I, I'm trying to think or like news accounts, like the Daring Fireball account as an example, and. I Some of these have made it over to Mastodon, but not all of them. And I figured, you know what? I should probably just use RSS again. Like, I didn't leave it angrily. It's just it seemed redundant given what I was getting from Twitter. And so I started um, using RSS again, and I started using NetNewsWire, which is made by my pal uh, Brent Simmons and a team of other people. And NetNewsWire is free. It is just like a for fun side project that Brent and, and his team do. Um, It uses iCloud to sync. And because I'm only on Apple devices, that's completely fine with me. And it's a perfectly great uh, RSS reader. I bet that R-E-E-D-E-R probably does many more things and is probably prettier and is probably more functional and so on. But I don't need a lot from my RSS reader. I'm not using it to manage like reading later or anything like that. I just need a simple RSS reader and NetNewsWire is free and does the trick. And so, I've been using it for the last I don't know, a couple of months now, and it's it's been going really well. i'll I'll have it, you know, check for articles on my computer like once an hour, so I'm not getting overwhelmed with it. yeah, you know, it's not badging the app icon even when there are unread items. It's become much more of a pull than v- as compared to Twitter's not literal push, but effective push because I freaking refresh Twitter every three seconds. And so uh, this news was effectively getting pushed to me because I was living on Twitter. And now when I feel like reading some news, I look at my RSS feeds in Net newswire. And when I feel like I'm done, I'm done. And yeah. I'm really enjoying it. So why if is you it haven't free? Tried RSS, why is it free? Because I don't know. It's a side project for everyone. It's not their primary gig. That's not a reason. I mean, I don't know. They just want RSS. These are also like big proponents. Like Brent Simmons is a big yeah. proponent of the open web. And so I think in much the same way that Marco wants a lot of market share for Overcast, to keep other people like Spotify from taking over and ruining it for everyone. Um, I think Brent is also making a, taking and making a stand in favor of the open web by doing all this. And it's actually open source, as the chat is pointing out. Like You, you can build it from source if you so desire. You can contribute to it if yeah, you want. Yeah, I know, but it's also yeah. a product. And like NetNewsWire
0: used to be a paid product. That's right. Like, used like to if be. you know and the history of it, it mm-hmm. was a business. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm just wondering, like, why is it free now? Like, And that might be the reason of, like, I want more people to have it. But you could also still have a business model that is, like, you can get, you know, so you mentioned Overcast, right? Overcast is free, but you have to pay for certain features. Right. So, like, there are ways. It, it, the reason I ask this is, like, do what you want, right? Like, it's your business or or whatever. But I I feel like, for me, for a tool like this, I want to pay for it so I know it's still around. Like, if I'm relying yeah. on Net Newswire, then like I'm more comfortable using NetNewsWire if I'm paying for it. So
1: That makes sense. And I think in this case, I wouldn't personally worry about it. Um, first of all, it's a passion project for Brent and I think most of the team. You know, Brent is employed full-time doing iOS development. I don't know if it's my place to say where he's employed, but suffice to say, I can't imagine that it is not lucrative. It's, it's the sort of place you've heard of, so it's probably reasonably lucrative. Trevor's found a blog post from February
0: 2023 on not oh, there you go. taking money for Net Newswire. And like I'm skimming it here because I'm not going to sit and read a blog post sure. uh, while we're um, recording an episode. But it's kind of just seems like it's just they don't want to make a business because then they're like on the hook for doing things.
1: Right, and that's also completely fair. But
0: you see, for me, and again, do, do but for me, as a user, it's like then, well, I want it to implement all the things that I want, you know?
1: Yeah, and both of these perspectives are completely reasonable. But in any case, um, I don't need a lot from my RSS reader. It, it works. Now it, the, the Newswire works well for me. Oh, that's what I was going to say, is that if for some reason it went kaput, as long as you can still run the app, which you should be able to do, like the yeah. only server component is iCloud, it lets you export an OPML or whatever it is um, so that you can import into reader or what have you. And that works perfectly fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think part of the reason that I wanted to use net Newswires is because I wasn't particularly interested in paying for any sort of sync service. I'm not saying that's unreasonable. I think it's perfectly reasonable to pay for an RSS sync service. Yeah. I used to pay for feed wrangler back in the day. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to imply that it's bad, It's just I didn't think that that was going to fix a problem that I had. The iCloud syncing in NetNewsWire has been very reliable for me and perfectly sufficient. So that's the other reason I wanted to do it. And to my recollection, although I might have this wrong, Reader at the time required you to have like a feed bin or equivalent subscription or something like that. Um, And so NetNewsWire ticked all the boxes I needed it to tick, and that's why I chose it. But more broadly, I think the important thing here is that RSS is actually, it's kind of nice. Imagine there's a webpage that you would refresh from time to time. And there was, God, there was an example of this that I can't think of off the top of my head. But I would go, oh, that's what it was. Um, it, in Richmond, there's a website called Richmond Biz Sense that keeps track of like, you know, doing movers and shakers in the business world here, which doesn't sound interesting. But it also will talk about like, oh, there's a new restaurant that you might want to check out. Or, right. oh, you know, this thing, that this restaurant that used to be only downtown. Co-working is now opens exactly. in Union Hill. Exactly right. Yep, so you got it. And that's relevant to me, right? And so yeah. I would go, like, once a week, I would think, oh, I haven't looked at Richmond Biz Sense in a while. I should go and check it out. And then I had this, like, facepalm, Casey, like, man. I can put this in an RSS reader. Yeah, What's you wrong sure with can. me? You <laughs> sure <laughs> so, can.
0: Welcome to two thousand and four.
1: Welcome to two thousand two. I mean, two? It must, it's older still. I bet nineteen ninety eight. I don't know, but uh, but anyways, the point is, is that it, it there's this is perfectly served by a RSS reader. I don't have any particular horse in the race. Whatever RSS reader you want yeah. is fine, but it's 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 really actually it it for me it is not nearly as redundant as I had thought it was. And so, I, I really do advocate dipping your toe back in and checking it out.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, please don't feel like I'm criticizing, like, you know, I'm like, oh, what is wrong with the Net News wi I know they have, like, a very particular set of circumstances right now with it being open source and a bunch of people, but, like, it's just intriguing to me to see an app like this just be like, hey, it's just free, but...
1: Yeah, I but agree. I
0: like Reader because I like supporting the app. I like that it exists. It's a very important thing to me. Nevertheless, you can choose whatever you want. Uh, I know Jason uses Net Newswire too and is a big fan, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm all in on the Reader train. The thing for me about RSS, the reason that I advocate for RSS um, and why I like using it myself for news, for whatever, is it's kind of like a... Uh, it's the exact opposite of what I don't like about news. So, it is not algorithm driven.
1: Yeah, Um, well put,
0: well put. I choose all of the sources that are in my RSS reader. No one's putting them in there for me. So, they've already passed, like, a sense check for me. Like, I want the news or the articles from this person or this website. So, I get the feed and put it in. Um, It's very easy to skim through. I'm mostly looking through headlines, and then I click through to things that I want to see. So, you know, you can get clickbaited or whatever, but I don't really think that that's so much of a problem where there isn't an algorithm involved like no one's pushing stuff to me that I don't want to see like I'm not going to open my RSS reader open like oh I want to look at like Mac rumors and I'm going to get a bunch of articles about wars you know what I mean it's just like that's <laughs> not what's going to happen yep yep so like you know I was thinking about this recently like being away from an algorithm driven uh social media tech, social media, so like moving from Twitter to Mastodon. I mean, for me, taking the break in the middle was maybe even more important, but I actually think it might have been one of the best things I've done in my adult life.
1: Which one, the break or moving away from algorithm? All of the things of like <laughs> leaving Twitter,
0: taking a break Fair. and realizing what I want and then coming back to Mastodon mm-hmm. and like small following list, no algorithm. Like, mm-hmm. There's so much crap that I don't know about. Yeah.
1: And And you don't need to. And you don't need to. That's the thing that I don't do a good job of. Here's the thing. I can know the news. I don't need every
0: opinion about a piece of news from people I don't know posted in my timeline. Mm -hmm. You know? And I'm I'm so happy with the level that I'm at right now. Like to the point that, you know, I have a 15-minute app limit on Ivory. Mm -hmm. I have broken it once, nice, and that was on the day that we launched the psychic notepad because mm-hmm. I was just mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of stuff on it. But so, but I would spend like an hour a day on Twitter every day, and I right. spend maybe ten minutes a day on Mastodon. And mm-hmm. It's
1: great, I love it. Yeah, it's way healthier.
0: So, but that is like part of what I like about RSS. No algorithms. I choose all the sources. It's really easy to get rid of stuff. Like if I think that a website has gone mad, I can get rid of them. (laughs) Um, And like I only check RSS like three times a week. Because for me, the best time is before I'm recording some kind of show like that requires the news. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So for Mm -hmm. me, it's like it's all tech stuff Mm -hmm. in my RSS, right? Right. And so, like, you know, Monday mornings, Wednesday mornings, and then another occasional day, depending on what my week looks like, I'll sit down and like go through all my feeds, see what's going on, just add stuff to my notes app, and then I'll go in, read the things that I've added from the notes app and build my show documents and stuff. RSS, man. I use Feeder, by the way. No, uh, Feedly, Feedbin. Feedbin, that's the one I use. I use Feedbin. <laughs> Third bin. time's a charm. <laughs> I mean, they're all the same, right? That's the other thing yeah. Feeder, Feedly, Feedbin. Yeah, I use Feedbin. And for me, it's just like I've just been carrying it around for years. So now I just <laughs> just keep it. Because what I do like is if you do use one of these services, it's really easy to go and try another app. That's very true. Available. That's very, very true. It's so like if I wanted to go try NetNewsWire out, I could go do it. But like Reader now has like an iCloud sync option as well. So like oh, people does it? do okay. that. Yeah, you can do that mm-hmm. now. It also has its own read it later functionality built into the app as well. So you can take something and put it into a read later queue, which is like a separate part of the app. I don't use either mm-hmm. of those features. But I like having the service because then it's like interoperable and I can just try stuff out. It's like email, right? I actually wish that everything was like this. You know, like <laughs> I wished that my task management was like this, you know, that I just had some, some central service where all my right. to-dos were so I could just mm-hmm. easily try new stuff out. Yeah, that makes sense. Calendars are like this. Mail is like this. My RSS is like this. Um, I guess, in a sense, my time tracking, because I use Toggle as the service, Timery as the front end.
1: Right, right. APIs, man. APIs, they're good stuff. Who knew? Imagine. (laughs) What else is good
0: stuff? This episode is brought to you by Computex. Get ready to grow your career, expand your business, and discover the infinite possibilities of technology. The Computex Forum 2023 is happening in Taiwan from May 30th to June 1st and offers you the opportunity to be a part of the discussion on the future of technology and its impact on our world. And if travel isn't in your upcoming plans, you can also catch the action live or on demand remotely from anywhere. So if you're curious to know how cutting-edge technologies like metaverse, artificial intelligence, high-speed computing, electric cars, cloud computing, and communications will evolve and grow in the coming years and gain new insights from dynamic speakers, engaged panelists, quality exhibitions, and new industry friends, Computex is the event for you. Computex 2022 was a phenomenal success, attracting more than 10,000 attendees, 400 exhibitors from 17 countries. But hold on to your hats, because 2023 is the event there is going to be gearing up to be an even more colossal affair with the exciting addition of Innovex, a dedicated exhibit exclusively for Brilliant startups. It is the perfect place for platform innovators from around the globe to show their groundbreaking ideas and make their mark on the world. So, get ready to witness an awe-inspiring display of creativity and entrepreneurship at Computex 2023. And remember, you can also catch the action live or on demand remotely from anywhere. To register or for more information, visit computextaipay.com.tw. Or click the link in the show notes. You might want to click the link in the show notes. That's Computex of an X, and I'm going to spell the whole thing out for you. That's C-O-M-P-U-T-E-X T A I P E I dot com dot T W. That's Computex Type dot T W. Or go to the link in the show notes. Our thanks to Computex for the support of this show and all of Relay Fm. And like every now and then there's like a sponsor and you're like, wow, all right computex like i've known about this conference forever and that is supporting the show it's pretty it's awesome funny how that stuff happens funny
1: how that works recommendations uh mine are gonna be boring because i think we've talked about both of these they're already mine. they're all yours as a matter of fact um i had heard from several people including mike that shrinking on apple tv plus is pretty good it is not pretty good it is freaking great. It's Ted Lasso
0: season one level of good.
1: It really, really is. And Ted Lasso season three, I'm not sure I'm in love with. That's neither here nor there. I haven't even started it yet. Uh, It's, I don't know. I'm not going to say any more of it. Anyway, suffice to say, Shrinking is fantastic. I don't really want to say anything about it. I think we talked about it last month and the month before. It is excellent. I give it a strong, strong, strong recommendation. It does have serious and, I don't know if I, would, I mean, there are unhappy parts to it for sure, but on the whole, the vibe of it is very Ted Lasso season one. And so strong recommendation for Shrinking. Mike, have you also heard the good word about Last of Us? Just
0: real quick on Shrinking. It's like the season's over, right? I think it really <laughs> stuck the landing. Like, um, I'm, I thought it wrapped up really well um, <laughs> and left the door open for season two, which has been Greenlighter Apple
1: yeah yeah i wasn't in love with the very 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 last moment of season one no, no spoilers I but i loved it ramifications
0: man Gotta have. i don't know uh,
1: any... well in any case no i want but yeah shrinking is great but yes mike have you heard the good word about the last of us because it's not bad so
0: finished it obviously
1: i have not i've only we're only th- two two episodes in so far uh but it is quite good you don't know the story right I know very little of the story in terms of the video game and I don't know where this is going from here, so do not spoil it. Please. Amazing.
0: I can't wait to hear what you have to say when you finish the show. Yeah. Because it's fun for me because like I'm not gonna give you any spoilers, but like mm-hmm. the there had been a debate for years about the way the game ends, and it's just been so fun for me to watch that debate happening again now that people have oh, experienced the show for okay. the first time. Uh uh-huh. uh so yeah, I, I think they did a great job. Pedro Pascal, man.
1: Pedro very
0: Pascal. Good.
1: And everywhere these days, but He's very, very good.
0: Mando! He's in the Mandalorian. That's why I, mm-hmm. so I always say it now. It's my Grief Cogger impression. Mando! Like that. So he says it every time. It's fantastic. Mandalorian season three, halfway through that now.
1: Uh, we haven't started yet. We've seen the first two seasons and, and really enjoyed them. Uh, haven't started season three. And we never did uh, Book of Boba Fett, which I've heard was very eh.
0: I liked it, but it was confusing. <laughs> okay. Fair uh, enough. You might, if you're going to watch, this is the thing, like there are things that happen at the end of Boba mm-hmm. Fett, which are really important to understand the beginning of Mandalorian mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. three, because w- where you leave your characters in season two doesn't make any sense. If you start season three. I see. Okay. So mm-hmm. I would recommend if you don't, I mean, you do not have to watch Boba Fett, but like, maybe just go on YouTube and get like a plot recap.
1: Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I mean, I would say that there are a couple of episodes, like, there, I don't remember what episodes they are, but basically there are a few episodes of the Book of Boba Fett that are just Mandalorian episodes, like Boba Fett's not even in them, <laughs> like at <laughs> all, like, and, it's, and it is, like, it's Mando mm-hmm. and Grogu. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker. (laughs) Okay. Right? So, like, it's very strange. So I believe at some point the name for the Book of Boba Fett was The Mandalorians, and then they changed it. And I feel like they should have stuck with that if if I'm not having a fever dream. But they should have called <laughs> the book of Boba Fett the Mandalorians, and that would have made so much more sense because mm-hmm. there are also many points in the season where both of them, like Din Djarin and Boba Fett, are together in the show. So like calling it the book of Boba Fett was a was a mistake, I think. Um, but yeah, you're you you going to want to catch up before season three. But season three of Mandalorian, it's like we're halfway through and up until like last week's episode or whatever. Again, remember when we were recording this? I was like, I'm enjoying this, but I don't know where it's going.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. And
0: then in the most recent episode, it was like, oh, it's kicking off. You know, like <laughs> they're starting to like tie together all of the stories. So yeah, gotcha. I love Mandalorian. Like, I just think it's just like, it's my favorite Star Wars. Like, I know everyone was wild on Andor. And I really liked Andor, but like, I like Mandalorian more. Like, Andor is like a, you know, you get sometimes that conversation between like best and favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Andor is the best, like, Star Wars stuff that Disney's done, I think. Just like overall consistency of an arc of a story. But I enjoyed the Mandalorian more. Like, it's just, I find it to be more... Fun and like more what I'm looking for, and Andor is just like gritty. (laughs) 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 But what I did like about Andor specifically is it didn't have Luke Skywalker in it because I feel like every single Star Wars property has to have Luke Skywalker in it. Like we've got this entire galaxy, but everybody bumps into the same four people all the time,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well put, well put. So that's
0: what I like about Andor. Because it's like set out on its own a little bit. So mm-hmm. that, that was fun. Uh, but I like Mandalorian. But Last of Us is awesome. But because um, went Last of Us, Mandalorian, I'm like, give me more Pedro Pascal. So I'm watching Narcos.
1: I've heard that's pretty good, but I know almost nothing about it.
0: I mean, it's good. It's really good. I'm enjoying it. It's all on Netflix. I think it's like a Netflix show, I think. right. Oh, it wasn't right? just one of these ones huh. that they licensed. I think it is just straight up a Netflix show. And yeah, we're really enjoying it. Like, it's, we're like nearly at the end of season two. Um, And so it's been, you know, it's it's gruesome, uh, but it's fun and interesting. And like, it's history too at the same time, right? Like, it's based Mm -hmm. on true events. It's like Pablo Escobar. I got you. Mm. Right. It's the story of Pablo Escobar. Uh, So we've got that. I wanted to. Say how good the Sonos Era One Hundred is.
1: Oh, slow down! Pump the brakes here. So uh, this is if you're not a Sonos fanboy like I have become, and I think I think Mike is on 100%. his way.
0: I'm on. Uh, no, I'm in the fandom. Like,
1: <laughs> okay. So it used to be that the there there was a a speaker that was kind of sort of like a HomePod, but from what I understand, not nearly as good.
0: It's The Sonos One, and I think it was Correct. fine. It was a good speaker. Like it's fine.
1: Okay, so that was typically used either as like a standalone speaker, or uh-huh. like in my setup, it's the rear surround speaker. And as yeah. a rear surround speaker, you're not asking that much of it. I think it's perfectly, perfectly fine. It's great, even. But I've never really heard one as a traditional like music speaker. And I wanted to ask you before you tell me about the one hundred, you did or did not have any Sonos ones in the house before?
0: Yeah, I have two Sonos you did. ones. Okay. I have okay, I have a Sonos one in the kitchen, and we had a Sonos one in the office.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, with that in mind, how how would you compare and contrast the 1s with this new ERA 100, which is like the new version of that speaker?
0: So, the Sonos 1, like, I didn't know until the ERA 100 came out that the 1 was a mono speaker. Like, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've been listening to music on it, and it's fine. Like, it's good, room-filling sound, you know, but we... In the place where we listen to the most music, we have multiple sonoses. So it's actually quite normal that we would play on two sonoses. So I think it would give Mm -hmm. like a weird play on maybe one of the ones and the move. So, like, that's Mm going to create a good listening experience, I feel like. But uh and so I was like, oh okay, let me get the era one hundred, and I was like thinking this will be a, a nice upgrade, right? And also I wanted to get two more speakers so we would have a Sonos everywhere I wanted one, like in the rooms mm-hmm. of the house. So that was the plan. I would get two Era one hundreds and like then I'd be able to put those somewhere in the house and you know it'd be great. So I plugged in the era one hundred, I set it up, and I was like, all right, I want to do a test. Um, so I'm going to play a piece of music and I'm going to select the Sonos 1. Then I'm going to mm-hmm. select the ERA 100, right? So you, I like, in the, it actually, it's actually the Sonos app. It's very easy to do that side-by-side yep, yep, testing. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I have never been so blown away by a comparison like this before. Now, we're all in tech, right? Usually when you do these kinds of comparisons, it's like, yeah, there's a difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was worth my money. Uh, this difference is surely there, right? We can all hear this difference, right? Like you, think, you, know, you get a new iPhone, you take a picture. It's like, oh yeah, look at the colors yeah. mm-hmm. on this image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. way better, way better. Totally, totally. This was, is night and day. Like the the Sonos Ones now. It's like I'm listening to music through mud. Like I wow, it is really unbelievable the difference. And like you know, wow. we all have these. We have different yeah, you know, everybody has different people in their life or whatever, people that care less or whatever. But like Adina was doing the test with me and she was like, Oh my god, the difference. <laughs> right, which is you know, it's not always the same that everybody feels like, oh, I can hear this, or like I'm trying to blind myself to the idea that this is worth the money I spent on it. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. But no, this is like a huge difference. So it's changed the where these were going. So now we have an era one hundred in the kitchen and an era one hundred in Adina's office. So that's the two places where music are actually played most in the house, mm-hmm. um, and so and then I moved the ones to the bedrooms. Now one mm-hmm. in each bedroom. I got you. They may mm-hmm. potentially build a a portion of a home theater setup in the future, but I, it, that the, the jury is out on that. Mm-hmm. But I would say that like if you use Sonos' to listen to music, like this is a fantastic product. Like it's also got line in and Bluetooth okay. now.
1: Mm-hmm. Which Imagine did not that, have Apple. Before.
0: Uh, yeah, this to me is like, this speaker's so good. It's like, uh, why would I want a HomePod? Like, wh- why? Like, I would I would not want a HomePod. Like, th- this to me is like, this is as good as it gets. Like, I get all of the functionality that I would want and the sound. Like, at some point, I'm probably going to get like a HomePod mini for just voice commands in the house or whatever. Um, Like, for home stuff. But like, for music, and for entertainment, for me, I'm I'm all I'm all on the Sonos train because I like the flexibility. Like, and I don't have these ears where I'm like, ah, oh, here come the mids and like crushed in the bass. <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> you know, like it's just not me. I don't understand what people are hearing when they talk about this. Like I don't get it. Um, and you know, all both of us have many friends that talk about this stuff. Yeah, but, yeah like, yeah. I don't hear it. Like for me, I can tell you, oh, this sounds good, or like this sounds different. But I don't know why, and so mm-hmm. like, and I kind of like that. Like, I like to be a little bit more hands off of this, and just be like, "This is good, this is better, this is not good." Like, I don't want to bog myself down into the like minutia of mids, trebles, and blah blah blah. Right? Like, it's just not my thing. Yep. But I I love the flexibility of the Sonos system. the The technology, the the app is built so well. Like. I love when I get Giancarlo giving me commands (laughs) or sometimes when we have a speaker set too high and literally scares the crap out of us. (laughs) But you know, we love Giancarlo. So
1: yeah, the, the, the sono stuff is so good. I Mm -hmm. I was, I, I, we had some people over, so the weather is broken in a good way over here. And, um, we're actually in, in spring break for the kids right now. Um, and so we had a couple of different families over on a couple of consecutive afternoons and moving from the porch to the house, to the backyard where I had our little uh, Rome, all playing the same music, all perfectly in sync. It's just so nice. And its I, I know I've said this a thousand times, so I'll say it again. All the Sono stuff, you're paying for it. You're definitely paying for it. It ain't cheap, but you get what you pay for because it just works so, so well. And I love it so, so much. Yeah, I'm a big fan. We love it. Sonos sponsor sponsor us right seriously sponsor us please. Sonos we're we're gonna start saying bad things about you if you don't sponsor us how yeah. about that huh yeah
0: huh? Uh-huh. what do you think of that Sonos got him <laughs> got him. <'em. laughs>